Hello, everyone. This is Jeremy Knoll. I'm a, I'm starting a podcast called ADHD You and Me, and it will talk about as many topics as you can possibly think of uh, in, in regards to. Let me start off with that. Topics in regards to everything with ADHD, you and me, as the as the title suggests, and we'll go. We'll see how far this thing goes with uh, topics, and I'm not sure where to go with this, but we'll. we'll I'll kind of work on that a little bit later. But for the most part, this is the first of the show. I'm going to start this show with talking about the symptoms and the signs of what it is and, and basically classifying what the medical terms, how the medical terms state uh, what it is. And I think I also need to turn off the headphones just a little bit because it is a little bit distracting. But based on cdc.gov, this is what they classify ADHD as. It is one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders of childhood. It is usually first diagnosed in childhood and often lasts into adult into adulthood. Children with ADHD may trouble have trouble, sorry. Children with ADHD may have trouble paying attention, controlling impulsive behaviors, may act without sorry, may act without thinking about what the result will be and be overly active. Now, the signs and symptoms, see, the good thing I can do this, I can break it up. Um, as long as I have a little bit of a break, a little bit of gap between, you know, the, the stops. Signs and symptoms. It is normal for children to have trouble focusing and behaving at one time or another. However, children with ADHD do not just grow out of these behaviors. The symptoms continue, can be severe. The symptoms continue, can be severe, and, and cannot... Let's try this without headphones. The symptoms continue. Ah! The symptoms continue, can be severe, and can cause difficulty at school, at home, or with friends. And let's add work as well. And family. A child with ADHD might dream a lot, forget or lose things a lot, squirm or fidget, talk too much, make careless mistakes, or take unnecessary risks have a hard time resisting temptation, have trouble taking turns, have difficulty getting along with others. Then there's a link on the CDC website. It says, learn more about signs and symptoms. Uh, it, they have they classified in three um, types. Predominantly inattentive presentation. It's hard for the individual to organize or finish a task, to pay attention to details, or to follow instructions or conversations. The person is easily distracted or forgets easily Details of daily routines. Predominantly hyperactive impulsive presentation. The person fidgets and talks a lot. It is hard to sit still for long. And that can be from any... I mean, it can vary from for a meal or while doing homework. Smaller children smaller children may run, jump, or climb constantly. The individual feels restless and has trouble in, with impulsivity. Or in my case, I, I'm stumbling on my words. Someone who is impulsive may interrupt others a lot, grab things from people, or speak at inappropriate times. It is hard for the person to wait their turn or listen to directions. A person with impulsiveness may have more accidents or in injuries than others. I can 
I can relate to a, a lot of that, but maybe not all of it. And it's not even all the it's not all the time. And I'll, and I'll give you that that it's really not all the time. It's just you know that it depends. Now, if I'm a little bit tired or overworked or being frustrated, such as doing this right now, trying to get all this set up, um, that can that can cause issues. In other words, um, lack of focus and, and distraction. And I th- feel like that's most of my problems right now is just distraction and um, fi- completing tasks, which predominantly inattentive presentation is the first part. Predominantly hyperactive, impulsive presentation that could be, like I said, jumping into, jumping ahead of someone or interrupting. And, and I try to control that for the most part. Um, combined presentation, which is a combination of both symptoms of the above. Symptoms of the above two types are equally present in the person because symptoms can change over time. Their presentation may change over time as well. And that comes with age. It comes with uh, working it out a little bit day by day as far as uh, being conscious of your uh, actions and or lack thereof. And, I mean, just, you know, just overall, just everything. Now, now one thing I will mention is that... Uh, I don't even really think about that so much. I mean, the ADHD in particular, only if something may be related to it uh, in daily life or may, maybe why am I having so much trouble with this or that? And I could probably attribute that to other things, but for the most part, I don't use it as a crutch. So I'll give you that. The next part, it says causes of ADHD. So scientists are studying cause and risk factors in an effort to find better ways to manage and reduce the chances of, of a person having ADHD. The causes and risk factors for ADHD are non- unknown. But current research shows that genetics, genetics play an important role, and I can attest to that because my dad, uh, he, was, he was never diagnosed, but he, he possesses all the symptoms for the most part. And my brother, my oldest brother, Okay, it says, in addition to genetics, scientists are studying other possible causes and risk factors, including brain injury, exposure to environmental risks during pregnancy or at a young age, alcohol or tobacco use during pregnancy, premature delivery, low birth weight. So I was a preemie. Pre- I was a premature baby. And um, it says, in addition to genetics. So that's probably, I'd say that's the two Actually, there's three. It says low birth weight. Uh, I was about five pounds when I was born, so I was probably a normal child as far as that. Um, so I was premature, pre, da, 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 prematurely born, and also in uh, the genetics. Yeah, that's something else to point out. It says, research does not support the popularity-held views that ADHD is caused by eating too much sugar, watching too much television, parenting, or social environmental factors such as poverty or family chaos. Of course, many things, including these, might take symptoms worse. Makes They may make... They might make symptoms worse, especially in certain people, but the evidence is not strong enough to conclude that they are the main causes of ADHD. And so what that's basically saying is that environmental factors... Um, may increase the symptoms or make them more apparent. But 
those are things that can be treated as far as, uh, and that's the next section. It says treatments. ADHD is best treated with a combination of behavior therapy and medication. And we'll talk about medication in a little bit, but um, because I will, ta- I'll, get, I'll kind of share my journey with that. Uh, being healthy is important for all children and can be especially important. So I, d- I agree with that. Uh, limiting amount, limiting amount of, limiting the amount of daily screen time, which that goes with TV, uh, computers, phones, and other electronics. Getting the recommended amount, rec- ah, getting the recommended amount of sleep each night based on age. Let me say that one more time, just for the video. Getting the recommended amount of sleep each night based on age. This is going to be a highly edited video, by the way. Developing healthy eating habits. I already said that. So, I can attest to that. Uh, when I was, uh, when I committed to keto for three to f- about six months, I would say about six months, I noticed that my symptoms were a lot less. They weren't as... Um, they weren't as so much, like, I didn't have as much brain fog, and I felt like I was more leveled. So I I, to, I 100% agree that dieting, or not even dieting, dieting is like a temporary thing, or at least in, in our language, American language, it's in habits. It tends to be more of a, um, a temporary thing. So it had to be a lifestyle change in order for to really make it a difference. Now, keto can be can be a lifestyle thing. I retract that statement because based on um, personal experience and uh, uh, research that I've I've done over the years, or the past few years actually, yeah, over the past of over, gosh, over the past few years of research and personal experience that keto is more like it gets you to if you're able to do it, it gets you to that level of uh, where you need to be as far as your weight and your health level. And then you have to kind of go, you have to find your place, you have to find your place after that. So doing things like reducing amount of sugar, um, upping your level of vegetables and fruits, things like that. Maybe reducing your amount of gluten, which I've, I've heard, and I don't know if this is 100% true, and I believe it's uh, circumstance, or um, case by case, but um, gluten can be, can it, attribute or contribute to uh, ADHD symptoms in some people too. Now, don't take take that for as uh, exact as gospel, but um I've noticed when I when I went uh when I've reduced my gluten intake, I I've noticed that I'm a little more leveled out. So, um yeah, so talking about medication when I was younger, even going back to kindergarten, I was diagnosed uh, as early as that because I remember the teacher um, taking me one-on-one with, with my parents, and, and they, they uh, I think they studied my behaviors as far as working with the, the work, you know, writing in the workbook that I had. And uh, I remember the uh, psychology testing that I t- um that I had taken to further prove that I had to, I guess prove, I guess you could say, that I had ADHD. And uh, I think as early as first or second grade, I'm not 100% sure as far as my memory serves me, but 
the earliest was probably first, second grade that I was taking Ritalin. And um, with that came with like annual blood work, which I hate blood work. I hate needles. I just cannot stand needles, which is probably a good thing. Uh, uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, they experimented. They tried different medications. Also, was also Concerta. Never took one pill on top of the other. We, you know, they'd switch up and try different things like Concerta or Ritalin. I didn't like Concerta for, based on my memory. But uh, Ritalin seemed to be the, the most uh, common, or what I've taken the most. And in ninth grade, maybe ninth grade or tenth grade, I think it was ninth grade that I told mom that uh, I no longer wanted to take the medication, not only because I hated blood work and needles, but also I hated the way it made me feel. And I wanted to see if, if that would help me. Uh, not taking any medication. Whether that helped me later on in high school, I'm not 100% sure. I feel like my grades were about the same. I just didn't care about school and for the most part. I didn't want to be in school any longer once I was in high school because my interest started um, leaning more into uh, skateboarding and just everything else. So I don't think ADHD had anything to do with that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's as far as my first, first exposure was between, I'd say, first grade to ninth grade. So about nine, eight to nine years with uh, being medicated. And then my mother would uh, take me off of it during the summer, and, and, I, and I believe she felt that it was okay that I would be off of it during the summer to kind of give my, I guess, give, give, give me a break. Um... It wasn't until I was in college that I sought treatment again uh, because I was I was being overwhelmed with school and I had a lot of distractions in school um, and I was working I was active I was active in my church and the church I was attending at the time and um, I had other factors that were that were really taken they were taking the toll on my body and my mind so i started seeking therapy for anxiety and and uh eventually uh adhd which i can tell you this i they first put me on lexapro the uh, local doctor the, the campus doctor and uh that was probably the worst thing i could take at the time simply because it it kept me drowsy all the time. I did not want to do school. I did not want to do anything. I just wanted to sleep all day long. So, in other words, it was counterintuitive. And then, uh, I talked to another doctor, and it was, a, it was a campus doctor, but it was a different one because they changed, they changed, uh, uh, whoever was over the, the uh, clinic at the college. They, um, this doctor seemed to be a little more um, understanding of my situation. He seemed to be more, um, he wasn't a quack, I guess you could say, compared to the other guy. And I'm not going to name names, but I'd say the other guy was a quack based on what other people have told me about him. But this other guy, the new guy, he was, 
He was real, he was more on the money as far as that goes. Uh, he tra- he started me with Stratera because he w- he didn't want me to try anything strong yet, um, as far as an actual stimulant. He wanted me to try Stratera, and I told him that it did not do me so well. Uh, in fact, it put me on edge, and I and I feel like Stratera is more of a synthetic instead of a uh, an actual stimulant, so that did not work. He said, well, okay, we'll, tr- we'll try Concerta. And uh, when I took, when I was taking Concerta, they, uh, I'm taking a pause so I can have a little bit of a cut there. But when I was taking Concerta, it, it, it made me edgy and uh, irritable. I guess you can pile them together. And um, on the spiritual aspect, I was heading towards class and I remember a voice telling me, and I don't know if it was God or if it was just intuition. Uh, I would say it's the former, but he said, if you take one more pill, that you'll end up killing yourself. And I don't think that was a literal sense. I think it was more of like, it's going to really take me down a, a negative and a bad direction because I, uh, it was just not working for me at the time. So, from there, um, the doctor said I needed to be recommended to a psychiatrist for, for the treatment. So, they put me, they, they recommended me to a psychiatrist. And from there, I was prescribed, sorry, my, my, my mind went blank. Um, I was prescribed Adderall. And it worked okay at first. It, in fact, it was the most intense medication I had taken at that point of my life and um, the main problem is which it <laughs> the irony of it is my mouth is dry uh, and that's what it did it's because I'm talking so much I may have to get me a drink of water but um, so um, Joel Talley I, I'm trying to uh, I'll get back to your comments but but for the most part, I am. Uh, that was the worst thing I could possibly take because it was so. It worked so well that it was bad. <laughs> and um, when I, yeah, I lost a tooth as a result because I was not only my mouth was drying substantially, but also um, I was eating a lot of sweets, and it was basically a wombo combo in that regard, and it caused me to um, start grinding my teeth in the middle of the night on top of a dry mouth and, and sugar. Um, I didn't realize I was grinding my teeth until I heard a, a crunching sound. Until I heard a crunching sound, and then in, I, I, that morning I realized that my tooth was starting to uh, turn abscess. It wasn't until like a year later that I... Uh, sought tooth extraction because I was hoping it would not be abscess, but it was abscess. So, and during that period, I started to do more research on uh, a medication also known as L-theanine. And I will, I will give uh, links to that as well. But uh, L-theanine was the best thing I could possibly take as far as that goes and just overall well-being. Because I tried other alternative medication. I tried CBD and I tried Phenobut. Uh, 
Um, I don't not I do not recommend Phenibut because they say after a while your your brain does no longer uh, find any use out of it because you have to take more of it. In other words, you you acquire a tolerance for it. I mean, a low your tolerance becomes uh, higher for it, and also um, I just started developing headaches with it. So uh, with further research, I found out that L-theanine was the best thing I could possibly take. And uh, yeah, that was that was that's the best thing I've ever taken. And uh, the greatest thing about it is that there's no overdosing. You can buy it over the counter. You can even buy it at Walmart. But I buy mine from a place called Nootropics Depot. That's N-O-O-T-R-O-P-I-C-S Depot. D-E-P-O-T. And I find that... Um, I feel like I have hope as far as just well-being and health. I sleep better. I... Uh, I'm able to retain information better. My memory, yeah, my memory's better. Uh, I'm not as forgetful, even though I notice sometimes I'm more forgetful because um, maybe lack of sleep, but also uh, sorry, my mind's going blank again. I think it's just I'm just gonna get overwhelmed sometimes because I've got a lot going on uh, in this current state of my life, and uh, that's just how it is sometimes. But I know the Lord is—he's blessing and he's—he's he's taking care of me and he's bringing the opportunities. Um, speaking of opportunities, I'll say this: that um, one thing I've noticed as Joel Talley—he's uh, commenting in. Uh, in the live stream that I'm doing, because I'm doing a live stream on top of this podcast. And he says a lot of times they get bored easy, easy with things they're not interested in. What they do enjoy, they will invest hours and all of our energies toward it. They can actually excel and be impactful and influential leaders and ex excellent in whatever they do. If you look at some of the greatest historic leaders, most of them were bipolar, OCD, ADHD, and some of these combined, which... which I uh, I don't necessarily claim OCD, but I, I I feel like I bear the symptoms, or possess the ADHD. That's funny. Uh, I remember you you've said that in sermons, and thank you for joining, by the way, everybody. Whoops. Okay. Okay. So going back to. Uh, I gave myself a little gap there because I accidentally clicked. But yes, um, yeah, speaking of which, like Joel Talley was saying, and <laughs> you just seen something right there. I, I got a little bit sidetracked, but it's a good thing I got sidetracked because um, it kind of gave me some, some more content to uh, expound upon it. So I'll give you a little bit of a, um, a personal history as far as uh, what my interests are where my interests lie. Um, I do still skateboard sometimes, and that's probably the best thing that I've ever uh, committed to as far as uh, active, um, active sports or action sports or just being active in general. I wish I did it more. Uh, West Virginia is not always the best place to skateboard, not just because the terrain is rough, but also the weather can be variable. 
Uh, it don't rain a whole lot, but it, it can rain a lot uh, in some seasons. Which in the month of May in 2022, it's been raining more than I've kind of expected. And it's cold sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as with this podcast, you notice that I'm able to do video and uh, be able to capture it quite well. And then I do recording uh I have a recording studio. I've been doing that since 2010. I didn't really take it seriously till like 2011, 2012. And uh, I've been a musician since uh, fifth grade, probably earlier than that, because I started a band in fifth grade at the at the grade school I was attending at the time. And uh, since then, I've pl- I've been playing drums and saxophone. I have three saxophones, by the way, and uh, I've recorded saxophone and drums on quite a few albums, recordings, live performances. I've been in a couple of bands. I've filled in a few times with bands, but where I really put my focus on now is running sound for live events, recording studio uh, duties, I guess you could say, with music, podcasting. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then just recently, I did my first filming project for uh, a ministry called Appalachian Prayer Center uh, through Jay Morgan and Jason Morgan. And I can't say anything else about it at the moment because uh, because of non-disclosure. But uh, in August, it may we may see the project, uh, the final product, be uh, presented. And I'll, I'll let you know more about that later. But um, on this pro, this was my first project as a boom operator and uh, recording audio for a film film set. And it's probably one of my most f- favorite moments uh, as far as recording audio goes. And uh, mostly because you don't have to hurry as much as you do with... Uh, you don't have to be as snappy uh, as you do with recording audio in a studio setting where it's just like whatever's happening is happening right now you could do multiple takes in recording studio but the time is precious um time is precious with uh film set recording but uh there there's a statement they call it you hurry up to wait so in other words you get ready but you're also making sure that uh you're ready to go whenever you start uh, doing capturing takes so uh yeah it's a it's a better pace I, I i like that pace a little better than working in a recording studio not saying that i'm going to stop recording music not by any stretch or running sound but i definitely like the change of pace uh on a side note um uh, as of april 8th 2022 i'm i'm two years married to my wife Sarah Beth, Sarah Beth Bailey, and uh, we have two cats. Uh, their names Mordecai and Little Sis. There's a story behind both of them because Mordecai has a sibling. Uh, they they both uh, she had a litter of two, and there's Mordecai and Esther from the Bible. And Sarah and I were reading through the book of Esther at the time, and that was our inspiration for that. Little Sis was a result of um, 
her being around when one of her one of Sarah's former cats, um, Tiger, uh, they were both battling to see who owns the the porch on her mother-in-law's property, and so we called her little sis because she reminded us so much of of a uh, tiger. Uh, in the, in the sense that she meowed a lot, so, yep. So, side note, uh, is complete on that one. But uh, just to mention, Sarah Beth, I love you. And uh, sometimes ADHD is a little bit tough with uh, with that, but I never use it as a crutch. Uh, sometimes life is a little more interesting, and I believe it because of ADHD, but. I don't use it as a crutch. I don't use it as an excuse. It's just something that makes it more challenging to, to finish tasks and uh, even get started on tasks, just like this. It's took me months to, to start and be inspired to do or motivated to do a podcast. But here I am. Here we are. I think that's pretty much good. I, I'm, I, I think that's a good po- podcast. Um. Yeah, I think we're good as far as the podcast goes. Um, this is Jeremy with ADHD and me, and I'll be calling on more people for for conversations and uh, trying to expound on this. And uh, hopefully I get some interesting characters. Not just me. <laughs> or you. You and me, right? <laughs>